Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Uh, Luke 4. Did I say that? Okay, go to verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. News about him spread through the whole countryside. There's a difference of walking in the power of the Spirit and just a regular walk. It's a big difference. It's a big, big difference. You say, what's the difference? You felt it when you walked in here. There's a difference. Now, I, I, I'm, I know there's more the deeper places we can go. Let's go there tonight. But there's a difference between going to a place that has life and going to a place that, that maybe needs some. I remember when I got filled with the Spirit. I was saved already. So, you know, the Apostle Paul coming to believers in John's baptism. He thought they were just, you know, believers in Jesus. He, he asked them, the first thing he asked them, have you received the Spirit since you first believed? Quite a question to ask. It's not something that we would do today normally. But I'll, I'll ask you, since you're in church tonight, have you? Have you received the Spirit since you first believed? And he talks about, and, and in his epistles, he, he, there's this baptism and the infilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, he's baptized by John the Baptist and uh, then he goes out, he's led into the wilderness. He's there for 40 days. He doesn't eat, he doesn't drink. He's tempted by the devil. Then he returns in the power of the Spirit. Walking in the power of the Spirit is what brings change in the lives of people. It's called the anointing. It's the God enablement, God empowerment. If you go to Isaiah, go ahead, go there. Isaiah chapter uh, 10. Thank you, Minister Mike. Verse 27, if you'd find that, Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. It says, in that day their burden will be lifted from their, your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you've grown so fat. Wait, that's not the scripture. <laughs> no, actually, it is, it is, it is. It is. That's the NIV. I way prefer, I don't like to think of myself as fat, but if you get, a, if you get a, the right perspective of what that means, because of the anointing oil is what it says in the New King James. Would you find that? You sure got that scripture up beautifully fast. Thank you so much. The anointing. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed. I like that because there's no fixing that. It's destroyed. Because of the anointing oil. Interesting. Fatness and anointing oil that it would be similar or translated in the way that they did in the NIV. The anointing. The God enablement, the power of God to set you free, to break every bondage, 
to bring his kingdom in the earth. God wants you to walk in power. There really is no reason not to walk in power. Everything that God has done, he's done for you. He's done for me so that we can be his ambassadors, so that we can be his ministers of reconciliation. And so oftentimes people try to go fishing without the anointing. That's what Peter did until the Lord comes and he says, throw your net on the other side. Jesus was crucified. They just decided to go back to their old profession. Come on, you can't, you're not going back to milking cows. You're not going back to milking cows. You're going on to the call of God in your life, my dear brother. And there has been many, many obstacles, physical obstacles. There's been especially spiritual assignments I see like javelins being hurled at you. And you, you've discerned it many times, but other times you just thought it was your own self, thought it was your own personality, thought it was just your own thoughts. The Lord says, I'm raising up a standard against the enemy, and I'm reminding you of the, of the anointing and the power of God that I called you. Remember when you were a young man, before you moved to Alaska, but before you came here, how I touched you, how you just longed to, to be used by me, how you longed to see my kingdom come. I called you. I have put my power on you. And there were different things that happened that caused uh, disillusionment for ministry. But the Lord says, I've called you, and you're not going back to milking cows. You're like, thank God, I ain't going back to the blasted cows. Amen. <laughs> no offense, I know you love animals. Amen, praise the Lord. <laughs> Righteous people take good care of animals. Amen. Now, it's in the Proverbs somewhere. The Lord has made you an anointed teacher. And there's been many things that's tried to knock you out. I remind you, I remind you, my brother, of the call of God in your life. You say, but how does that, I don't know. I don't know how that, but we'll figure it out together. I just want you to stand up for a moment as a prophetic act. Yep, let your daughter take that. You will fulfill the call of God in your life. It's going to happen. I want you to be encouraged. The Lord wants to encourage you tonight that it is his power and his anointing that breaks every yoke of bondage. Holy Spirit, let your fire come. Let your fire come. Let your fire come. He spared you. He saved you. He healed your body. And it's not so you could just ride off and go back to milking cows. Amen. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on that farm he had some cows, E-I-E-I-O. With a moo-moo there and a moo-moo here. Here moo, there moo, everywhere. Old MacDonald had a farm. And I ain't going back to milking cows ever again. I'm using that as an illustration that you can't go, don't go back to your old, you ain't going back to Cleveland. You want to plant a church there. <laughs> I have nothing against cows. And if God has called you to be an anointed cow milker, thank God. Amen. Amen. An anointed dairyman, dairy woman. 
You must go on in the anointing, the power of God, the enablement of God, the supernatural power of God to do what God called you to do. There is no going back. And God will put his power on you in such a way that breaks the yoke to pieces. So many people, so many people in churches across the land are like, I need a breakthrough. I just need breakthrough. How about carrying it? How about being a carrier of breakthrough? How about walking with God in such a way that his power is on you to break the yoke, destroy the yoke, and to help others be set free as well? Can you say amen? amen. I got excited there for a second. Go to 1 John. Just a simple message tonight about understanding the anointing. The anointing's for you. For me. Jesus was just a man, fully man, fully God. But it's the power of God on him. Doing what the Father was doing. God could use you to set your family free. God could use you to set your neighbors free. God wants to use you to set the captives free, to break every yoke of bondage. God wants to use you to be someone who carries breakthrough, healing, power, the kingdom. Everywhere you go, he wants to use you like that. Have a vision for it. Dream it. And get anointed. I said, get anointed. So how do, you, how do I do that? I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it here in just a minute. First John chapter 2, verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. Go to verse 27. As for you, say, as for me. As for the anointing I receive, say that. The anointing I receive, anointing I receive. Remains, in me. remains in me. He puts anointing on you. He puts power on you. He goes on to say, and you don't need anyone to teach you. But his anointing teaches you all things. And as that anointing is real, it is not counterfeit. Now that, that does tell you that there are counterfeits. counterfeits. And 1 Corinthians talks about that in my life group with our high schoolers. Someone, someone said, can I come to your life group? If you're a high school boy, you can come. And not a pretend one. You have to be a card-carrying high school student. I said, why would you do that? Because my son's a high school student. And I want to, I'm discipling him, and he has some rough and tough guys. We call them the crew. Sup? <laughs> Bunch of bad cats. Amen. They hadn't quite figured it out. Their concrete's wet, but we're helping them. One, two, three. Crew! Oh, that was lame. You guys like, totally left me out on a limb right there. It's okay. I'm... I'm not nervous, but I'm going to give you another shot. One, two, three. That was the most, we're going to talk on Tuesday. That was sissified. That was like, that was like the girls group. God bless them. 
Don't make me come back there. Come on, man, say it like a man. One, two, three. That's what I'm talking about. Much better. God bless you. This text talking about, well, at, in our group on Tuesday night, we're talking about counterfeit. For no wonder, it's talking about people coming and masquerading as anointed teachers in 1 Corinthians. It says, no wonder, because Satan comes like an angel of light. Well, that, that's, that's a newsflash to a lot of people. Listen, just because you had a vision, just because you had some supernatural experience, does not mean that it's God. So get that really clear, because the devil gives supernatural experiences, and he comes masquerading like an angel of light, and there are counterfeits, but there is a real, I didn't recognize you till right now. Hi. Sorry, we're friends, we've known each other a long time. Like, since you were, like, what's up? What were we talking about? You're like, was that tongues? Where it was like everybody's like, ah. It comes as a counterfeit the enemy does. And just because you've had a supernatural experience does not mean that supernatural experience is from God. How many, how many of you know how to judge what a supernatural experience is from God or not? How many of you know how, how to do that? First of all, every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus also in 1 John. 1 John gives some acid tests on discernment. I'm off the script, off the notes. Any spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus has come in the flesh is not from God. If an angel comes and you bow down and start worshiping him, he receives your worship, you definitely Satan worshiping right there. Yeah. But God will put his anointing, his power on you, and he will teach you. He will lead you. And it's not a counterfeit thing. It's a real thing. God wants you to carry breakthrough. God wants you to walk in his presence and his power. And let me just tell you, it's applicable to your entire life. What do you mean? I'm telling you, when God's power and anointing is on you, he'll help you park your car. He'll help you do your homework if you'll tap in. He'll help you. He'll help you do everything he calls you to do. He ain't going to help you do the stuff that he didn't call you to do, but he'll help you do everything he called you to do. He'll make you a better husband. He'll make you a better wife. He'll heal your dog. How many of you got a dog that needs healing? Come on, you can lay hands on your dog. He'll help you in your Parcheesi game. He'll give you wisdom when you're playing chess. He'll help you raise your kids. Oh. Now, if you haven't realized that you need help raising your children, you'll be like, oh, no, I, I need help. Yeah, but God is the one that gives you the ultimate help. Now, there's, there's a, a roadmap and a uh, framework for training your children in the Word of God. Absolutely. But there comes a special touch from God for a parent or for all who put their hand to raising children. He'll speak to you. I have four children. He said, I thought he only had two. No, I have four. I have two daughters that are just about 30 years old now. Now, I had them when I got married when I was 21. I was dumb as a box of rocks and twice as stupid as that. And... 
and it didn't go well. So it's a, it's a long story, but the truth of the whole thing is one day you'll get to meet them, as will I. I don't, I don't get to see them just yet, but uh, sometime soon. Well, their names are Victoria and Juliet. I bless them now. And uh, you can pray for them and pray that my relationship one day be restored. Well, that'll be an amazing day. That'll be an amazing day. They're so gifted, so talented. And um, I pray for them every day. So I didn't really get much of a chance with them because I didn't know Jesus back then. I gave my heart to the Lord a few years after. He transformed me. And I met this, this beautiful, really fine woman. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Pastor Karen. And uh, she's going to be catching a plane here shortly to go bring salvation to her family in Colorado. Her aunt is um, looking at possibly passing away soon. They're very concerned, and so she's going to go. We're not certain of her salvation, so we're sending her to pray for healing and to make sure she's going to go to heaven because we've just made a decision, and I would encourage you to make the same one, that not one person from my family is going to hell. Not one. Not one. Not one. Eight out of ten is good. No, eight out of ten ain't good. Ten for ten, not one. Not one. They're all going to get saved. And if it's deathbed conversions, I don't really care, but it's going to happen. Can you say amen for your own family? So she's jumping on an airplane and uh, abandoning myself and Daniel once again. And uh, the intercessor will be praying. Praise God. And I'm sure we'll probably go out to dinner a few times, give them praise. <laughs> okay. She's going carrying the anointing to set her family free. You need the power of God. I met, I met my wife. We have two children. I'll tell you the power of God. Clearly, my two children required an anointing and still do. And my role has changed. Kids driving us. He ain't a kid anymore, Daniel. Six foot, strapping young lad. Playing basketball, driving his truck, car. It's a great blessing to be your father. Hannah's in college. They're not little ones anymore. So my role changes. I'm more of an advisor. Mostly. <laughs> they both required, all children required, to hear from God of how to resolve problems, how to lead them, how to gouge them so that they walk in, in, in the blessing, so that they follow after the Lord. Now, they're going to follow after the Lord in my house. You're in my house, you're going to follow after the Lord, so help you. Amen, right? They all knew that, so if you're going to breathe and live, then you can follow Jesus while you're in, <laughs> right? Otherwise, uh, they would require some instruction on their hinder parts. That's the King James. Amen. <laughs> And then God would speak to us. He would teach us. I would have dreams. I had dreams that, 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 that literally spared my children from molestation, from accidents. I mean, the devil, he's a bad devil. And so we would pray, and the Lord would graciously speak to us, lead us, and teach us. The power of God will lead you to be a better husband, to be a better wife, to be a better son, to be a better daughter. Being better, I mean better like Christ-like, and walk in God's power. 
He'll help you with your money. It was like one amen. Where was that? My brother all the way in the back was up. I heard you. Great haircut again. Praise God. Another bald guy. I love bald, bald guys. Great blessing of encouragement. God uses people with the anointing. Like he can use anything, but the anointing is the manifest presence of the Lord. The manifest presence of the Lord. There's many different ways to talk about what the anointing is. Without it, you're not going to get much done. It's a lot harder. You know, we got on the milking the cows thing. Peter, without the anointing, went fishing and caught nothing. But then when Jesus says, hey, throw your net on the other side. And they begin to catch all those fish. And Peter jumps off the boat and says, this is the Lord. And he, he, he brings healing to him and restores him. Do you love me, Peter? Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. Three times Peter denied the Lord. and Three times he affirms his commitment and love for God. There are different kinds of anointings. There's different kinds of releases of God's power. There's, a, there's an anointing or a release of God's power for healing. There's a release of God's power in, in wisdom for governing. There's a release of God's power to do whatever God called you to do. God can release a spirit of might upon you, supernatural strength. Did you know that? So many testimonies about that. You know, most denominations start in the fire and end up in a ditch. I'm concerned about the assemblies of God. We are an assembly of God church, but let me define that. Some of you are like, what? <laughs> yeah, we don't promote that a whole bunch, and I've got nothing against them, mostly. I was offended long ago, but I've gotten over it. So what were you offended at? Well, I was divorced, and then I got saved, and I went to go get my credentialing back in the early 90s and uh, mid-90s. And they said, no, no, you can't, you can't be a minister of the gospel because you're divorced. I'm like, what? What about salvation, man? And they're like, no, no, you've been divorced, so you're out. I said, so what about, like, new creation? So wait a second. No, I was, and I was, I'm more tempered now. And I thought, thank God I don't need you. And I was grateful for a pastor, Dr. Morocco, still my pastor now all these years later. I was grateful. I said, Daniel, it's all right. Don't worry about it. You just keep doing what God called you to do and don't worry about it. So they changed their mind a few years later and said, now you can become credentialed. You want to hear fun, something funny? I ha I ha Sometimes in my life, there's things that happen that are like these... Um, these sort of strange prophetic illustrations. So <laughs> I started the application process all those years ago, and then they said no, so I stopped. But then when they said, 
you can be an assemblies minister because we changed our bylaws or changed our whatever. We decided to believe in new creation. I mean, I'm, I'm picking on them a little bit. I don't, I don't know how you even came up with the. They don't want serial marriages, and I understand that. That's wrong. You can't just get divorced because someone burned your toast. Right, so you just serial divorces, and then you're just going to get ordained by the assemblies. Then they, they're like, no. Yeah, no, I agree. That's not my case. So, so they, what do they call it? A, a pre-conversion divorce. They came up with some terminology and said, oh, that's a pre-conversion divorce. And so then you're allowed, if you can prove the fact that you were divorced prior to being converted, then... And then it'd be okay. I think I got converted today. How, is there anybody else? All right. Anyway. So we were able to prove that and started the process. And this is the funny part. I was told by one of the uh, executive presbyters that I have the longest standing application in the history that they can, the current, the current history of the Assemblies of God that it's, that it's sitting there, there's been one obstacle after the next, after the next, after the next, and finally it's just like, I got souls to get saved, man. I, you know, thank God for, and I believe in being credentialed. I believe in being educated. And so anyway, I don't know, maybe one time, maybe I'll get it done. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just busy about the business, and, I, and you say, well, do you have... And I have nothing against getting credentialed by the assemblies or another denomination. Just make sure you have the anointing. It's a, it, when God credentials you when, you, when you are credentialed by God, that changes everything. I know lots of people who've got the paperwork. And they'll go to cemetery, seminary. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Seminary. They're close. They can be close. We've seen people so on fire for God, then they go off and they, they come back and they can't cast the devil off a flea. They've got no authority, no power, speaking Elizabethan English. Come back with a cute little tie and a cute little jacket, have no fire, no passion, no zeal, can't lead anybody to Christ. They got rude. They went off to the cemetery. Now there are some good schools. Praise God, KSM being one of them. And there's many others across the nation. There are. There's some good schools. How did I get on this? I, it's part of the drawback of not giving you notes. But then again, thank you, the anointing. In the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, it says that they, they, you know, silver and gold have I known, and they raised the, the man up who's there brought daily to the gate called Beautiful. They get persecuted. They stand before the religious leaders of the day, and the religious leaders of the day are amazed at their boldness and took note, the text says, took note that they had been with Jesus. If you're going to take notes, I'll probably give you a couple points on how to increase in God's power, God, the anointing, the enablement of God, the supernatural power of God. Number one. Spend time with Jesus. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. S Duh! Um, spend time with the Lord. Spend time in His Word. Get in the Word. Read the Word. But not just His Word. His presence. Spend time in worship. Spend time being sensitive to talking to Him. Walking with Him. I was going to sing that song, but I can't quite remember it. 
trust and obey. <laughs> we sang that this morning. Yeah. Just a closer walk with Jesus. Everything to God in prayer. Come on. It's often forfeit. It's things we bear. All because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer. Prayer. <laughs> prayer will help you increase in the presence of God, the power of God. If you don't have a prayer life, how do you expect to walk? And he walks with me and he talks with me. That's the New York version. And he tells me I am his own. Oh, the joys for he care, for he carried it. No. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. It's like a New York Popeye. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Come on, praise break. Lift your hands to heaven. Ah! Come on, ask God to put fresh oil on you. God, put some fresh oil on us. Fresh anointing upon us so that we can be the fathers, be the mothers, be the parents you've called us to be, to be the church you've called us to be. Without your anointing, nothing happens. Oh, but by your anointing, every yoke will be destroyed. Raise up yoke-destroying people from this place. Raise up yoke-destroying people from this house. Raise up youth and children and mothers and fathers and grandmothers and... Hey! <laughs> Raise them up! You okay, Noel? I hit you pretty hard there. He's good. Okay. He's good. Amen. <laughs> These guys are wonderful conduits of the anointing. Rubber, like tires, rubber is a bad conduit of electricity. Anybody ever been zapped by the, the wall outlet? You know, there's a company called Klein. And they make, from what I understand, the finest electrical tools, hand tools, Klein. And these things are made well, and they're expensive. I've gotten zapped by a pair of pliers, but it wasn't a pair of Klein pliers. Because they're well insulated. That's good when you're working with electricity, but when you're working with the things of the Spirit, there's good conduits and there's bad conduits. These guys, these guys fall out if the wind blows. 
Why is that? They're a good. <laughs> In fact, truth is, truth is, I can't, I can't stay near them too long. And there's other folks that are like that. We have this relationship that, that they know. If I just need to be refreshed, I, we don't even have to talk. I just come and stand by them, and it's like, something starts happening. Why is that? And there's others. They're just a good conduit. I mean, you all are getting wrecked. you got tears in your eyes. <laughs> See, is that real? Why don't you stick your finger in the socket and you tell me? Now, I've seen people hurt and jerk in the anointing, but then no fruit in their life. So that you would have to ask, is that real? But when you see somebody moved, and, and you know, as Pentecostal people, which is what we are, I should go back to the assembly of God thing for a second. <laughs> Pentecostal people, make a note, remind me of that. Thank you. <laughs> We're an assembly of God church but they don't own our properties and they don't put our people in place and we bless the assemblies. I'm thankful for the amazing history of the assemblies of God, but I'm concerned. Amen. What are you concerned about? I'm concerned that people are being released in ministry that don't have the anointing. So let me just tell you, the endorsement of God is way needed before the endorsement of man. And I'm thankful for credentialing. I'm thankful for education. But nobody, you just shouldn't have people that are released in ministry that don't carry breakthrough. They don't carry fire. They don't carry power. They don't carry the anointing. You see other people like that? I'm sure there are. I can't name you any. And if I, if I could, I wouldn't. Because I don't hang out with them. Who are they? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we made a note, didn't we? What was the note? Pentecostal people. I have no idea how that applies. Come on, lift your hands <laughs> to heaven. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Pentecostal people, you know, we like seeing God move. We like seeing the wind, demonstration, because it just, it's encouraging. You say, whoa. But there are some demonstrations that are not of God. You say, how, which, how do you know which ones there are? Well, if you get discernment, but I mean, I might have one pastor say, you know, we don't do any of that because, you know, sometimes people just do stuff that's their flesh. No kidding. Could it be your flesh that's actually shutting down the power of God also? Could it be? And I just believe that God is bigger and big enough and given us a, a gift of discernment and authority and love to be able to help a congregation experience God's power, flow in his power. And if somebody's going to manifest some barking dog, you know, we're going to cast the devil out of you. <laughs> My neighbors must think I'm odd. Because, well, I, I, have a, I have a lab, but I, a Labrador retriever. I used to have a blue tick coon hound. And how many of you know what a blue tick coon hound is? My blue tick coon hound taught me how to bark like a dog. And one of the ways I would call my, the coon hound is, is, is bark like a hound. So I was working outside the other day with my dog, and I found myself calling him with a bark. And he's all, I think that was the anointing. Actually, help me call that stubborn dog. 
Are you a good conduit for God's power? Or are you constantly shutting down his power through your vain tradition and rudiments of the world? Are you, are you, a, are you like, like rubber, like tire for electricity? Or are you more like, like copper? Are you a good conduit or a bad conduit? Some of you have a constant overvoice. Even during this service, you're like, what is going on? This is weird. We had some people walk out. Maybe they had, I don't know, maybe they left the, you know, the rice cooker on or something. I, I don't know. Maybe the iron's left on. They had to go. Then again, maybe they were offended. Like, there's just not enough structure here. This is a little weird. Maybe they walked out because, oh, he's, div- he's divorced. I can't believe it. God wants to make you and me a conduit, a good conduit, a good conductor of the power of God. If you have a mental offense towards God, or if you lose respect for the the one who's bringing the message, there's different things can shut down the power of God. You'll notice Jesus when he raised uh, that little 12-year-old girl from the dead. First of all, he comes in, and what does he say? So he's... He's fully God, fully man. He walks into the situation as a dead 12-year-old. I mean, that's pretty intense. They're all weeping. What's her name? Tabitha? Tabitha. And they walk, they walk in, and she says, he says to everybody, don't worry. She's asleep. And they're like, sure. Sure she is. He's all out. Amen. You can go. And they laughed him to scorn. They laughed him and they mocked him. And he said, it's, it's not a problem. Can you all leave? Please leave. Thank you. Usher, Peter. Peter's like, oh, y'all get out of here. You know, Peter was a little bit more coarse, I think. <laughs> You're mocking my Savior. Get out. Everybody just leaves. Break your kneecaps. <laughs> and, and the text says, when we removed all of the, the, those that laughed, he said, little girl, Wake up. The anointing. She sat up. The anointing can be shut down by your attitude. The anointing can be shut down, can nullify the word tradition. I found that the Lord will offend the mind to reveal your heart. You know, he, he, he does things that, that we don't really like, but if we'll bring it to the Lord in prayer, you'll realize, ooh, he's trying to actually get at that thing that's shutting down his power in my life. He's trying to reveal something to me, that bitterness, that prejudice. He's trying to reveal something to me. Man comes from North Carolina to the, the um, revival in Azusa Street so many years ago, for which millions and millions of people have been touched from that little stable in Los Angeles, California, on Azusa Street. It comes, and they would spend time in this upper room, and then they would go downstairs and have church. They'd spend time in this upper room in prayer, then they would go down and have church. And so this man came to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which the Apostle Paul saw the anointing as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've taught that before. It's available online. You can go and search for it on YouTube and 
avail yourself of those resources. So he wants the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, at the, at the epicenter of where the assemblies of God and the church of God and so many other Pentecostal works came out of Azusa Street. And so he's there, and uh, night after night, nothing happens to him. And the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, go and have William Seymour, a one-eyed black man, lay hands on you. And his response to the Lord was, I ain't having no black person lay hands on me. And the Lord's were like, well, you ain't having no Holy Ghost then. So, so he sat, as I, as I recall, reading for another week plus. And finally, he was so desperate that he, God dealt with his prejudice, dealt with his broken heart, removed the things that would cause a shutting down to the conduit of God's power. See, some of you don't walk in power, don't walk in the power that God would like you to have because you have little secret sins and little things that are shutting down the power of God. I'm preaching way better. Is that conviction I smell? Do I smell conviction right now? You, you have things in your life that are shutting you off. You have shorts in your electrical system from the, you know what I'm saying? You, you gotta fix your shorts. You gotta get rid of, <laughs> fix your shorts. <laughs> some of you have your shorts in a knot. If you need your shorts fixed, just lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> Nobody's lifting their hands. What's wrong with you guys? They're lifting their hands online. We, we just can't see you. <laughs> Fix my shorts, Lord. Fix my shorts, Lord. Fix my shorts, Lord. Fix my, which is the shorts would be any attitude that you have that's got you. Some of you have a wedgie in the spirit. You need to be set free. You need to be set free. You need to, now that I said wedgie, I'm talking about shorts. We have four more people that are leaving. Come on. You need to be set free. And then you'll be like, look what the Lord has done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look what the Lord has done. He filled my shorts. He fixed my shorts. I think I said what I said. Fix. Everybody say fix. I'm so glad I don't have notes. It's 717. There's nothing on Netflix that you can't queue up later. Let God fill you. Let God touch. Come on, man. Ah! I think we're going to entitle this message, Fix My Shorts. <laughs> Pastor Karen. <laughs> she told me to preach this to you. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Talking about the anointing, the power of God. You can walk in a greater dimension of power and authority. You can. You can. <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. Come on, you can walk in greater power. Don't go back to milking cows. Move on to God with God. Move on with him. Praise God for milk. Move on to meat. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
what's going on in this section right here? There's this little swirl. I should have known it's you all. Amen. See what's so funny? <laughs> this is good. Drink, chug-a-lug, chug-a-lug, chug-a-lug. Drink, drink, chug <laughs> There's a river that flows from the throne. There's a river of joy that has a right hand. There's pleasures forevermore. You increase in the anointing by spending time with Jesus, time in his word. You increase in God's power by practicing his presence, by getting the knot out of your shorts. Meaning, all joking aside, meaning, remove anything that causes you to be offended. We've done many offense, offensible, offensible, is that a word? I don't think so. We've had a numerous, we have a plethora of things that have happened in the service that have, could have been offensive to you. There's been a myriad of comments that were made. You know, God hides his power from casual observers. And will dispense and release it through those who are hungry and thirsty and desperate. And many times you'll have things that will offend you. Let that be an indication that you need to get the knot out of your shorts. Can you say amen? You need to get healed. You need to get over yourself. If people have theological offenses. Some people are offended because I didn't take the offering. I'm going to in a minute. Some people are offended. Well, you know, worship teams have plenty of opportunity in this church to be offended. Why is that? Because I'll interrupt your worships. You, you practice five songs, we do too. You know, I don't know what happened, honestly, tonight. I really enjoyed it. Can you play that guitar again? Okay, awesome. Thanks. Yeah, that'd be great. So, I mean, can you imagine if you practice for an hour and a half, and then you come, and then, you know, the purple jacket guy shows up and, and shuts down. You know, you could be, I practice. Do you know how long I practice for? Can you imagine what the Lord thinks? He could be offended that he was crucified and resurrected and you don't do anything with it. He had a great opportunity to be offended by our lack of, of power that we... You can walk in any degree of power and anointing that you want to. Boldness is another way to get fresh anointing on your life. We were going to read something out of 1 Samuel 17. It's really good. Uh, I'm not going to go there now, but... Maybe I'll look at that later out of my dakes. I even brought my dakes today. Look at that beast. That'll choke a moose right there. Isn't that right? I know what a moose would be doing swallowing a Bible, but 
Let's just talk about David and I'll close. There's three different anointings in the life of David. We're talking about increasing in the anointing, increasing in the power of God. You'll see in the life of David, when he was 17 years old, thereabouts, Samuel came. It's the anointing at, at Bethlehem and poured oil over his head. 17 years old. He was considered by, by many scholars as the illegitimate son. He certainly uh, was not included. when. Um, can you imagine what kind of a dysfunctional family is that? The prophet, I mean Samuel, not any prophet. None of his words fell to the ground. Samuel. Weather patterns changed when he showed up. Samuel shows up. All of Bethlehem's like freaked out. And he goes to Jesse, the house of Jesse, and he brings all of the sons except Thanks, Dad. Brings, oh, it's Pastor Karen. Yes. Oh, right, thanks. I totally forgot. I'm glad you're calling me. Not really. All right, love you, honey. I gotta go. It's no joke, I do. I gotta drive her to the airport. I think I got a little tipsy in this service. That's not even funny. I'm like in the doghouse. All right. What happened? I thought you were going to... What happened, Tammy? You were going to remind me. Tammy, you're fired. Okay. Yeah, if you could uh, help me get out of here. Let me say this. Let me say this to you. That's no joke. That was my wife. She's like, dude. Three anointings. At Bethlehem, anointed at 17. He then went and killed Goliath. Then he had two other anointings, both of at Hebron. One to be king over Judah, and then a few years later, over all of Israel. That whole period of time, I mean, you have to go look at it. It's years. It's years. Somebody said, well, I can't wait years. Yeah, that's your problem. You're not willing to do whatever it takes to get the level of anointing and power in your life. You've got to submit to God, resist the devil, he flees, and deal with the knot in your shorts. Get deep in the word, grow in his presence. Come on, get hungry and thirsty. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.